0: Well, we've ran this thing long enough. Um, Goodbye, everybody. Just kidding. It's time to run the um, the intro stream, and then we'll go. So, hey, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope you had a great week. Great way to cap off the week. Don't get too drunk too quickly. This is going to be a meaty show. Uh, I'm joined by the one and only... Nur girl, double oh seven, or Nicole Gridstead. How's it going?
1: I'm awesome. How are you, Joel? Thanks for inviting me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. It was a good time having me on last time. That was like a year years ago, I think, right?
1: Yeah, it was. It w- would have had to be at least over one year ago. Probably a year and a half ish.
0: Yeah, it's been a hot minute, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for being back on. Um, before we jump into all the fun new stuff. Um, I'd like to direct you guys' attention to hit that like button because more people watch the stream if you like, and then subscribe if you this is your first time. If you're one of like Nicole's fanboys and you're like, oh, I'm just here watching your stream, well, watch mine too. So subscribe to the channel. Shameless yeah. plugs, all those things. Um, also, uh, I have a if you're in my Discord server and which you can only get into if you have one of my NFTs, uh, you can join the Digital Cash Rundown super chat, and then that'll pop pop, pop that up on the stream. Is what it looks like right there. See, there's a leftover from last one, but yeah. You can use that and then drop in stuff. And unlike the regular live chats, I will not ignore you if you, if you type in there. And if you don't have one of those, you can go to cointr.ee slash the desert links, and then you can just leave a little donation, and then I can pop that one out too. So we can kind of do it that way. So all that being said, um, yeah, let's get into the news. So first one. Let me let's start with this one actually. BNB. BNB chain okay. back online after suspension due to a cross chain exploit.
1: You've got the um, wrong article up on the screen. Unless you unless it changed. I know we are kind of on a lag.
0: Yeah, I changed it, but it did, hmm. I just need to reset it. Why
1: do so I I EU regulators ban cross-border payments from yes. Russia crypto accounts?
0: Okay. Let me um, redo it, this thing right here. One this is the, also the on, you have the honor of having the first show where, um, where I'm doing the actual news thing, like the actual news um, screen on there. But anyway, yeah, BNB chain back online line after the stuff, the native blockchain behind the Binance crypto exchange is up and running after there was a giant exploit so um for those of us who you know weren't paying attention so bnb is like the binance chain is one of the famous i guess um crypto uh ethereum killers from back in the day but the one that really stuck is in when ethereum became a uh basically overloaded for what it could you know take as far as capacity is concerned um Binance Chain was one of those big competitors who just like, oh, it's like Ethereum, but cheap. And because it's run by like one of the most powerful exchanges in the world, it ended up having a pretty good market share. One thing that's pretty interesting to look at, if you ever go to CryptoFees.info, which is kind of the adoption indicator, the best adoption indicator out there for cryptos. There's no really good one, but that's the best because that's what people are paying to use. Uh, BNB, like Binance Chain is the second one behind Ethereum usually as far as total money being spent to use the chain. It's Ethereum, then it's Binance, and then it's Bitcoin. And then you have like Polygon, Avalanche, Solana, stuff like that in there. So, but yeah, they just shut it off. (laughs) So it's not exactly a super, well, before I start rambling, what's your hot take on this?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I've been looking i've been you know looking into it i honestly like have never transacted on bnb just to Mm -hmm. be transparent about it um i don't really have anything against it i've just never had the need to transact there um -hmm. so so like but from what i understand they've always admitted to some degree of centralization right there's 21 validators My understanding of the exploit was that CZ or whoever, you know, whoever coordinates with the validators asked the validators to stop validating transactions temporarily, and they did. And it was Mm -hmm. relatively easy to do because there's 21 of them. Right. I know that like that's not perfect decentralization, but it's better than there being a single point of failure or three points of failure. Not to be like, I don't know. A BNB or Binance apologist or like sympathizer, but because they did that, fewer people lost their money. Like, doesn't that have to have some merits? And most of the criticism that I've been seeing or reading about this is related to, you know, concerns about it being centralized. So, like mm-hmm. I said, there's always, it's not like that's new information. It's not like, anybody ever said BNB is a completely decentralized network. That's always been discussed, talked about, even acknowledged. Yeah. And like a lot of the discussion about, well, it's centralized. It's the reason that people are saying that it's centralized is because over 50% of the token supply was allocated to VCs. But like centralization, like there's this whole, I don't know, notion about what decentralization really is. And like people seem to conflate the decentralization of infrastructure and like transaction nodes with the centralization of supply. And like if you really look at centralization of supply, nothing is decentralized. Like look at glass node data and you can see for yourself that over 40 percent of Bitcoin is held in 2000 wallets and 2% of the addresses hold more than 90% of the circulating supply.
0: Yeah, that is something that's, um, it's an uncomfortable truth kind of thing. Um, I do think the criticisms of, or commentary I should say, around Binance Chain being centralized or whatever is valid, but it's also worthy of pointing out context, right? About um, the supply centralization is a big thing that I think every crypto project has. And honestly, I do believe every crypto project will always have. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, it, I, it, I don't think it'll ever get, it'll ever always be bad, but it won't always, it won't ever be good, really.
1: Well, that's like saying, like, you know, the redistribution of wealth, right? Like, what is it? The top 2% of the, of the world controls, you know, 99% of the money supply. And like, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, maybe we can change that a little bit Right. Like that would be the goal would be to improve that. But it's not just going to completely change. Right. Like, yeah, people do conflate decentralization of infrastructure with decentralization of ownership. And that's wrong.
0: Yeah. Now, the the thing that's beyond supply, which supply decentralization doesn't matter as much in stuff like Bitcoin because it's proof of work In proof of stake. It does because it has something to do directly with consensus. Um, the thing with Binance Smart Chain is allegedly structured. First off, we don't know how it's structured because it's, from what I know, it's closed sourced. It's not yeah. like Ethereum or something, that's open source. But uh, the thing is like the structure seems like a decentralized mirroring structure, sort of. Like it seems like something, like the, it's not, it's structured like a decentralized blockchain, right? It just, the what we're seeing in this case again there could be some extra sauce under the code that like we just don't know about because it's closed source but where we're mostly seeing is just collusion amongst major actors to reverse the chain and that can happen in all pretty much any full like otherwise fully decentralized thing like lest we forget about um cz uh when the the first like when the safu meme started coming out and all that when binance lost all that money he had yeah. that hot mic moment where he's like, Oh, we're just gonna like roll back the Bitcoin blockchain. Well, just, I got some miners. I'm gonna on the phone, I'm gonna talk to them. And everyone lost their shit. And he's yeah. like, Oh, yeah, just kidding, just kidding. It's actually, we can't do that. But it was like a, a moment of clarity that probably at that moment, he and his friends had enough ability to like roll back the Bitcoin blockchain at that point. Probably. Again, This is a lot of conjecture going on here, but that's why y'all tune in anyway, right? But that's probably true.
1: But, and the Bitcoin blockchain has been rolled back, Mm. right? And then even like, you know, even Ethereum is something where, what, in 2017, 2016, right? Where they didn't roll back the chain, they basically forked it and, you know, started over. So, I mean, you can criticize it, like, but, It's not particularly different or unique from things that people want to say are better.
0: Yeah, it just, it hits that point where we go to like key value proposition. The thing that I like about crypto is anyone can use any crypto they want if they don't like this one, they switch. In my view, that's the biggest decentralization factor. It's not the decentralization of individual chains, although I do like that as well. Uh, it's just the fact that this one sucks. I use that one. Now, uh, the thing that we're seeing with that is uh, clearly the users of Binance Chain. I mean, hopefully, I are are happy with the way things are going. That they got their yep. money back, and the the trade off with that is that it is a chain that can be rolled back by, I guess, centralized authority. Although, or maybe just a Cartelized authority, depending on like, you know, we're splitting definitions here, but it's something that can realistically be be rolled back in a relatively short period of time, and yeah. that that is something that is either a feature or a bug, depending on your perspective, right? A lot of people use banks because, or they, they use credit cards because they know that they can always like reverse a payment or do a chargeback or whatever, but then yeah. on the other hand. People like stuff like gold and cash because it's final and people will give cash discounts for some things, for example. And so it's it's kind of all about that. Uh, Binance chain chose its path as far as which way it's gonna be. And I think that something like Bitcoin, if they started, if they tried to do something like that, I think that they would be stuck because of their branding and their uh, value proposition to not do something like that. Or also possibly, you know, Ideally, design it in a way that that's impossible or very difficult, but that's an ideal circumstance.
1: I totally agree. But I mean, I feel like people are making this like a really big deal. Like, nobody knew that this could happen or Mm -hmm. that this would happen when that's not at all the case. Like, it's been known that Mm -hmm. it's not like this is a secret. And I, I do think that probably most people who use bnb are pretty happy with the outcome and really when you look at things like mass adoption and you know like as crypto becomes appealing to a broader audience what kind of things does a broader audience want this kind of thing
0: yeah now not to muddy the waters on that a little bit but there's also something um the bitcoin association the bsv people released some sort of tool for to allow miners to basically freeze funds or reassign people's funds in and it's talked about in case of like a government court order or something that they'll they'll be able to like recover thefts and stuff like that and i got into some discussions about it um for a variety of reasons but yeah basically that makes it now not supposedly the the trade-off now is not immutable it can be Mm -hmm. changed so don't come crying if, like, the government decides that you're politically infeasible and they pressure miners to take your money away. But on the other hand, for all other purposes, until then, if someone steals all your money and you can pr- you can prove that it was yours and they got stolen, you can probably just get it back. And it's not like, whoop, sorry. What do you think? What's your what's your personal side of? of preference on this? Because I side on the, I would like to just, if people steal my money, I'd rather lose my money than have it able to be confiscated by an, an outside authority. Uh, what's your take?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that front, but I also have to see things from like a realistic mm-hmm. perspective where like, this is what the people want or this is what the people are going to want and i really think that what we should probably consider is that there's room for both right like it doesn't have to be all this way or all the other way maybe you want to hold some of your wealth in a way that you're absolutely certain can't be you know taken from you or withdrawn from you or censored or you know whatever whatever but Mm -hmm. like maybe want to hold some of your wealth that you transact it you know you transact with in a way that maybe has a little bit less security in some ways but more security in others and i mean most gold gold bugs still have bank accounts right yeah. or like some way that they transact so i think that a hybrid solution is probably the answer
0: yeah i mean i agree there's also different there's, we're talking about protocol level, like pro, like at the root, irreversible or reversible. But there's uh-huh. different there's different levels of what you could do. So for example, uh, one thing that I would I thought would be interesting. So I'm starting from the irreversible at a protocol level standpoint, but then thinking at the personal level, at the you know the individual level, what are some ways you could um, kind of mitigate some problems? And so for example, one thing might be. Uh, you have like like just say you have a joint account with your like you have an account but then you trust let's just say your partner or your parents or someone else and so it's like a multi-sig thing and so for a certain amount of spending like under a grand for example if you if you control your wallet you can just spend Mm -hmm. under a certain amount in a certain period but then if you want to do a bigger spend it's like a threshold but up to a certain threshold but then if you try to spend something bigger, it won't let you, it triggers like a multi-sig event. So then you need to have your, you have to call up your your dad or whatever. And say, hey dad, can you sign this really quick? I'm trying to buy this car. And then, sure. oh, he si- signs it too. And then that makes it harder for people to just steal all your money, even if they get access to your phone, for example. And on the other hand, it might be interesting to implement like a, a kind of time-locked uh, reversible transaction sort of like, I guess the way credit cards work, but basically if you buy a yacht, right? Or a Lambo (laughs) or one of those things like that, you send them the transaction. Let's just say you open like a bi-directional payment channel with them. And then you don't actually close the channel. You can't close the channel for like a week. And in that time you can, you know, reverse it. And so first off a merchant wouldn't, they wouldn't like hand over title to the yacht or whatever until that was completed. But then also if, you, if like someone tried to steal all your money, you just moved it out, you're like, whoa, oh no. And then you get, get to come together and figure out and recover your phone or whatever else you got to do. And then you cancel the transaction at the end of that, just sort of a fail safe. So like those are two that you could do on that side. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other like methods of added kind of safety measures in there without doing it at the very top level, the protocol level.
1: So you're saying
0: there are better solutions i uh, probably or at least there's um there's better solutions on the individual level um that have to kind of be thought out like uh, for example binance chain does not have any transaction recovering reversibility thing programmed in it doesn't right. it's just that they at the root just like started over manually kind of they've rolled back that part uh whereas it's it's just kind of like it's complicated to build in things into the protocol that allow for greater granularity of this kind of thing and I just think that they haven't been focused on that or they haven't figured it out yet or whatever. And so that's just kind of the way it is. But I think in the future, um, adding like some programmatic uh, recoverability on the user side and is probably going to be a big thing because I don't think people are going to want... I think that people are going to transactions in the fiat world I believe are going to become reversed and censored at a much higher rate over time and so that creates the scarcity of 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 money that you control and so that's going to increase the demand and therefore the value of that stuff but people are not going to just want like all right so someone hacked into my phone I just lost everything and too bad like I don't know if people are going to settle for that either so yeah something in the middle Yeah, so, um, let me see. All right, so, next one. No. Yes, yes, it is the next (laughs) one now. I I can talk to the pupper, but uh, the the SEC is bullying Kim Kardashian, and it could chill Uh the influencer economy. The feds Uh should have tried to work with Kim Kardashian to establish more transparent norms for influencers, rather than slapping her with a $1.26 million fine, promoting ethereum max and so basically uh kim kardashian got you know sued by the sec for shilling some for lack of a better term shit coin. i mean i don't know but like also come on if it if it's like an ethereum knockoff name and no one's heard of it and no one's heard of it to this day probably is not that great um, i don't know if you you have any more knowledge about ethereum max
1: i don't have any more knowledge about ethereum max but i definitely have comments on this whole topic we'll
0: fire away
1: all right so i mean like for one thing i don't really this is this is funny coming from a like marketing (laughs) and pr agent right but Mm -hmm. i don't really think that influence i think that within the crypto space influencers would be much better off just like investing in things that they think are valuable and then promoting those things rather than taking payments for promotions and i do think that we're probably going to see like some degree of return to that that was kind of how it all like that was sort of the beginning of crypto influencing that's how it was and then of course the people who did it well smaller you know chains and tokens and whatever reached out to them and wanted to pay them and you know it could be a lot of money to turn down so i like i get it from both perspectives but like okay so i i agree with whoever wrote whoever wrote this who said mm-hmm. that they would they would have been much better off like going to kim kardashian and the other influencers who are potentially in trouble for doing this and like sort of coming up with a a standard, like a base standard. This is how we you know, this is how we're going to handle this moving forward. But they didn't. And then that's not how the SEC works, right? They want their money, of course. And then like just to I don't know, just to kind of get into like what else is happening to change this like within the industry. I don't know if you've heard of this yet, but do you know who Viral Nation is?
0: Viral Nation.
1: Viral Nation. No,
0: I might have heard the term, but I don't know specifically.
1: Okay, sure. So I don't work for Viral Nation, just to be clear. I work for uh, Lunar Digital. SEC
0: arrests this woman. Sorry.
1: (laughs) No, but so okay. So Viral Nation is the largest influencer mark influencer management company in the world. They represent brands like you know huge, huge brand celebrity brands Mm -hmm. outside of the Web three space. So. They recently started a Web3 division just so like just for cases like this to help aid in cases like this to make sure that when, you know, mainstream influencers or big celebrities are talking about cryptocurrency, they're talking about it in a way where they're well educated about what it is that they're talking about. And they've like vetted projects in advance to make sure that they're not, you know, going to get in trouble for shilling unlicensed securities. So that's my opinion of like, what is the future for the crypto influencer space is and celebrity, you know, celebrities influencing within cryptocurrency not necessarily that it'll all be viral nation but that there will be agencies that have web 3 specialists who help to explain the you know who help to vet and then explain the various cryptocurrencies that are going to be shilled in a way that the celebrities don't get in trouble
0: yeah and that's an interesting point of view because i don't think a lot of people in the crypto space are very familiar with the influencer space uh and so the most, like you mentioned before, about the the old school way of you just buy the tokens and then shell it, like you, right. you buy like that's kind of what crypto people are used to, and they're kind of there to, um, they're kind of come to expect that a little bit if they're smart. I mean, last week we did a whole thing about uh, crypto lark being sort of busted for shilling tokens and then dumping yeah. on people like right after. Yeah. And that Mm -hmm. whole thing. So that's like the tried and true crypto influencer way of doing things. But like in the influencer space, like when you go on like Instagram, see some model with some like drink or something or, you know, like I think there's a certain understanding that, Probably that person doesn't, isn't an active user of that product necessarily. They just got Mm -hmm. paid to like hold it, like, oh, look, I'm going to wear, you know, this swimsuit and look, you know, brand. Like maybe they wear it, maybe they don't. Certainly they probably don't all drink bang energy. But like the, at the same time, the influencer probably has some sort of an understanding that all these brands are like real things and they're sort of vetted products to a certain extent, even if they themselves aren't fam- overly familiar with what they're shelling. they at least like, well, you know, it's like, well, I've heard of those companies. I'm sure they're normal companies. I, I don't mind. Like, I know they're not eating babies in the back or something like that. Like, they're, they're okay. And so I think that when you, then you get approached by- <laughs> Interesting some, example. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, sketchy things be happening out there. What can I say? Yeah, but, yeah,
1: no, I mean, for sure.
0: But so when you got- uh, when you got some random token coming out and just saying like, "Hey, you want to shill our token, Kim K?" or then Floyd Mayweather did it too, and a whole bunch of people. Yeah. I think they're just like, "What's the price?" They agree on a price, and that's it. They're just like, "Sure, I'm into blockchain. I guess I like I like Web three blockchain stuff. I like your pitch. Sure, I'll I'll do it." And they don't realize that now it's like, like what if you shill like a a bad energy drink? It's like, still, it's like, oh, whoops, that's a gross drink. Never mind. But if then the SEC is not going to chase after you for that stuff, you're not like promoting. You think you're promoting some cool tech brand, but it's like actually an investment contract with the people with the, you know, it just and it's not regulated or maybe it is. And the SEC is also awful at letting the crypto space know the rules to operate. And, you know, again, see library and ripple and stuff. But so, yeah, it's just, it's kind of an interesting area where there's going to be some people, unfortunately, like Kim K, who get caught in the crossfire. She'll end something which shouldn't be a problem, but because the the game's different, then, you know, it's different.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, that whole like, topic of whether something is a secure you know an unregistered security is like its own thing and then you know undisclosed shilling right like you said like it's apparent when there's an ad in a magazine that that was a paid placement you know Mm -hmm. like there's a and the article that you referenced here is like even draws attention to that like there's a, a very obvious distinction like that's clearly an advertisement whereas when a celebrity you know yeah posts something on Instagram or Twitter i mean i don't I, I think it's kind of like naive for people to think like oh they must really think that this is a great product like i mean really like
0: yeah of course why are you so dumb
1: but i uh, you know there is a difference i guess like disclosing that you're shilling something for pay versus just doing it and assuming that people know
0: yeah of course i mean it's kind of like you know if like a server flirts with you it's like understand that you're probably just they probably just want tips you know it's not like right. oh wow the person like pursuant like obviously there's exceptions and stuff <laughs> but yeah it's uh the space has a lot of growing up to do um he'll always did comment on the previous uh point about the his immutable immutable is key and yeah, it is for, you know, a lot of those things, which will be interesting to see what happens when you have, um, you have a new, like a lot of crypto users, they might want completely immutable and censorable money, but they might just not really care that much about, you know, how decentralized or immutable every other blockchain things that they use are you know they might just not care as much and then you have like the old like the bitcoin maxi types being like it's not you know it's not perfect and you know people don't care but
1: no it's just it's funny they were like i was watching before the stream i was mm-hmm. watching some videos that people were making and it's like all bitcoin maximalists but they're actually not criticizing the decentralization of the node infrastructure mm-hmm. or the lack of or the centralization of the node infrastructure they're actually you know criticizing the centralization of the asset ownership and i mean like i feel like that's just like that's a thing that just like irks me endlessly mm-hmm. is like just at least use this use this term consistently you yeah. know or like yeah i
0: don't know yeah people are a little weird like that um yeah speaking of which and all that um federal regulators are preparing to pass judgment on ethereum this is such a yeah. weird picture that coin telegraph picked but whatever uh, the security and exchange commission is moving to take action against ethereum that reaches far bond beyond america's borders it goes into a whole bunch of stuff um this is kind of an interesting uh, subject because what the u.s securities and exchange commission thinks of crypto asset has become such a talking point today and it's especially interesting because ethereum was sort of um i forget um Hinman was, I guess, the guy's name, guy who used to work for the SEC. And he famously, at least famously to the crypto world, gave a presentation um, talking about this stuff where he said that Bitcoin and Ethereum are clearly not securities. He's, right. So He's- he said those things. And I think it was just like, oh, you know, who knows exactly what. But the thing is, now I guess the SEC is moving into a much more um, regulatory forward. Uh, position and point of view let's just say and Mm -hmm. they're kind of taking another look at ethereum especially with the staking element to it and sort of starting to reevaluate and see if they want to kind of do that i've seen a bunch of weird arguments like saying that they have jurisdiction over ethereum because the majority of ethereum's nodes are based in the u.s right now and it's just like it's such a weird thing because if people freak out at that they can literally just move the nose out of the country now and now it's like whoops it's not based in the u.s anymore and it, i think we're seeing um first off i think that it, maxis might get upset at me but then again they always do um i think ethereum I think is
1: watching. let's just be yeah. honest the maximalists aren't watching
0: yes that is true <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> of the few people that are i definitely don't think that maxis are amongst them but yeah uh, the I think Ethereum is kind of the number one crypto right now as far as, you know, fee consumption for sure, as far as what people are paying to use, um, as far as stuff built on it, as far as like importance in the crypto space. It's hard to, to pick a number one, but probably Ethereum, right? And so mm-hmm. to for the US to start saying anyone who stakes a little bit of Ethereum is now engaged in or who buys Ethereum is now engaged in buying in illegal security. It could have some giant implications, and I don't, I don't know if they're tr- they'd like to go that far. I think that they they would like to go that far if they can, but I I think it's going to be a little bit of a battleground around that.
1: Yeah. So okay. So a bunch of things, right? Like yeah, it makes sense that you know, that the argument is Ethereum wasn't a security when it was proof of work, right? But now that it's transitioned, now post-merge, that it's transitioned to proof of stake, it can be reconsidered. But like that said, I don't feel like there's any way that the Ethereum Foundation, Vitalik, the EEA, that they didn't consider that possibility before they went ahead with the merge, right? Like even discussion that this could happen started before the merge so i i feel like you know really real concern about this is like okay the fact that this could happen was definitely on people's radar Mm -hmm. you know so also when we think it like about ethereum right there are people who are part of the world economic forum on the board of the ethereum foundation so you also have to you know consider the fact that there are people in really powerful places who don't want or maybe do want ethereum to be classified as a security so like
0: i think on both sides of that yeah
1: yeah and then you know further like i remember when the merge was going on there were all of these you know bitcoin maximalists actually like crying to the sec to regulate ethereum because now they have the opportunity to do it again which like i can't stand it i can't stand it when anyone from one crypto group starts going to oh government regulate them and you're like like do you have no no awareness whatsoever it's kind
0: of like with all sec suing stuff i've been pretty pro library winning their suit and then Uh people always say well you know xrp too and i'm like Yes, I do believe that as well. Although I'm a little saltier because XRP, the, the, the Ripple lawyers have alleged that as part of their defense, they say that you should not uh, regulate us because Ethereum and Bitcoin are Chinese coins and they should be yeah. regulated. And, and at that point, I'm just like, oh no, you really, you got really.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, I don't like everything that, you know, Ripple, the organization has done or, Mm -hmm. you know, the whatever, XRP. I don't know if it's XRP Foundation. I don't like so I do own some XRP now, but I don't always sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't, you know, Um, but like I I don't uh, mostly just betting that they're going to win that case Um, in any in any case. Like, I don't like everything that they've done. I don't like everything that they've said. I do hope that they're, you know, that they win the suit, mostly because Mm -hmm. it represents a broader crypto thing. I also kind of understand where they're coming from in pointing fingers at, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, because there is sufficient evidence to suggest that Bitcoin, you know, that the Ethereum Foundation or the EEA and Mm -hmm. some Bitcoin groups, um, heavy, heavy handed the SEC into uh, suing XR Ripple so like I kind of get it I mean like whatever an eye for an eye and we're all blind but I kind of understand
0: yeah that's for sure um, hilawi chimed in again in the super chat thing here he says ETH going to staking reversed that statement from that commissioner from Hinman because the next right. frontier is decentralizing cloud service solutions, or somehow obfuscating what's being processed on AWS's infrastructure. Yeah, or you know, using different solutions. But yeah, that's that's a key point with like the the staking thing. Is um, if you buy like no one can just it's not that easy to mine right cryptocurrencies. I mean, you can, it's easy to try, but you're not going to get anywhere without like an ASIC. You've got to figure out your power consumption. You get, there's a bunch of stuff you got to figure out. And so mm-hmm. the thing is, uh, with staking on the other hand, you just buy some and earn interest off of that. And that, I mean, it's a little more complicated than that, but still, it's, it's kind of like that. And so uh, that makes it very competitive with a whole lot of uh, modern, you know investment vehicles. And so I think for that purpose, there, now that you can just do that with Ethereum, you can just, you know buy Ethereum and stake it. You know, obviously with some constraints and methodology in there, but like that makes it so it's now kind of a threat, I guess. And um, at the same time, like calling it a security is a little—it's a little weird because first off, there's no central issuing body for Ethereum for the Ethereum token. When you buy Ethereum, you don't own any right—you don't own any right to returns of money. You have to actually stake it. In which case, you, staking it lets you run a node, and the node gets paid. It doesn't. It's not like an investment thing where there's profits. Like no, you are the business that runs the profits. So like, if you had an Ethereum node, if you ran one of those whole nodes, that's like running a a uh, infrastructure providing business, and then you kind of pay people for you know their service in lending that money to that, for example. And it just it in my view, it, even though to the naked eye, so to speak, uh, it looks like an investment type thing because you put money in, you get returns. In reality, just because it's all like automated stuff, it's not that way at all.
1: Right. So it's like it's like what an investment contract. Consent exists when there's an investment of money in a common enterprise
0: mm-hmm. with the
1: reasonable expectation of profit to be derived from the efforts of others. Mm-hmm. But there's no real efforts of others involved in staking, right? Like that's part of like you earn staking rewards relative to the amount that you have staked and transactions on the network. There's no like efforts of others involved there.
0: Yeah it gets a little like th- that's exactly why we have like court cases and stuff right mm. to argue these types of things is be exactly because you know this kind of stuff gets uh gets a little muddy um speaking of muddy and cases let's hit on this one coin desk for a change actually eu seals text of landmark crypto law mica fund transfer rules legal text to license crypto firms and vet transactions were agreed by national diplomats after political deals struck in June. Now, I I read this article and a couple like it. I did skim over the source text of the agreement and kind of found some stuff. But as usual, like with laws, it's sometimes like when they're so, it's like a, a comprehensive framework, it's kind of hard to really super verify everything. But it does appear as if this law, which has been agreed to by the EU, would implement kyc requirements on all wallet providers yeah i
1: saw that too yeah
0: and that's a little i mean well why don't you fire away first while i I gather my thoughts
1: (laughs) yeah so i actually had real questions for you on this and Mm -hmm. was hoping that you know that you would know was like it says that it's gonna you know that it would require um all wallet providers to yeah to to kyc but like does that apply to uh, to wallets that are self custodied, or only to wallets that custody funds? Like, and then also, how will they retroactively um, enforce that for people who already have the wallets and the assets?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it could just. I the thing is, the problem with like laws like this or regu- proposed regulations at the EU, and then. Who knows if they? I don't know too much about how the EU regulations get adopted, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that some countries can make a stink about it or just not, you know, enforce things or whatever. But mm-hmm. the thing about these is, they come up with stuff that sounds interesting, but they're a whole bunch of boomers, and as boomers, they don't get the tech exactly, and they just think they think if you provide a wallet service to people, you're kind of they don't understand like the self-custody thing it's like well you just get to withdraw on your own but like i don't think they get what that means that it's just a portal to private keys and you just write some open source code and you just have a wallet i don't think they get that that works and to that point though there are um there are some in the crypto world obviously kyc is Custodial KYC stuff is like the worst, right? In my Mm -hmm. opinion, at least. Um, And then, but then there's also custodial non-KYC stuff. Like there's a lot of like bots and things like that, that like are custodial, but they don't verify your identity or whatever. Um, But those, those would, things like that would definitely, I don't know about like a chat bot or like like a a tip bot or something like that. But those kinds of things, I think that they would probably start making do KYC. Now, then there's other levels of it, whereas is it like self-custody, but the but everything is kind of run by the wallet? This especially applies to stuff like, um, like a Lightning wallet, for example, where it's technically self-custody. Like they can't steal your money, but you do re- rely ex- entirely on them to provide liquidity and payment channels and all that kind of stuff for that to work. Mm-hmm. And then you get to like just the basic, you know, Self custody, L1 wallet, but then you get beyond that to like the SPV, the simple payment verification types, which you know have a lot. Of which you have the actual client, the actual um, uh, client side, the actual phone, um, like syncs to the block headers and stuff like that, and it's like it's you're not just completely trusting, you know, a node and stuff. So it's like along those types which ones are they going to try to enforce this on? I think if you'd ask them, because they're asking, which ones should you have power over? I mean, they're going to be like all of them. (laughs) But that's that's kind of ridiculous. They're not going to be able to do that either. And
1: Right, yeah, like how are they going to stop one person from sending another person assets? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they could, you know, they could enforce it for people who are new downloading the wallet, right? But Mm -hmm. they can't really stop someone who already has it so basically if i were in the eu right now i would like download every crypto wallet yeah now
0: absolutely get it going especially um i know there's some this is a rare thing with these Mo wallets because it just tend to this just was never a problem but there's a lot that let you choose which nodes you connect to and mm-hmm. so for example one thing that i think that um like a lot of like lightning people use who don't want to trust other people because there's more trust involved in a mobile lightning wallet than a mobile regular wallet is they have their, they run their full node at home and then they just connect to it through their mobile device. And so the ability to choose your own node to basically make it the where then there's no wallet providers anymore. There's just like open source wallets that are just out there and then you get to connect to your own node and there's people running nodes and it starts to get back to the old like file sharing days like the fun you know dodging the man putting VPNs so your ISP doesn't get mad at you for downloading movies and stuff and yeah. we get back to that world until they finally break down and just like stop being so ridiculous but at least this is just in the U- EU for now and it's not enforced yet there's a lot that has to happen I just think that we're in for a bumpy ride, but I think we can get through it.
1: Well, and here's here's another point. Like, regardless of where you are in the world, right, we actually need more people who are really, like, you know, DeFi forward or pro-crypto to try to get involved with, with lawmakers to Mm -hmm. help write reasonable laws and i mean like you know that kind of goes against the whole crypto anarchist things but the thing is the government's not going away so does it make more sense to just let them make up their own laws that are going to negatively impact us or does it make more sense to you know recognize that they're not going to cease to exist and try to become involved in the lawmaking process, so that maybe the laws are more favorable.
0: Yeah, and that's the other thing, though, about um, what is the government? Um, because the government is a is a concept, right? And the con- is a concept that rules the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, obviously there's different jurisdictions as far as like there's a U.S. national government, there's the the nations in the EU, there's the EU itself, there's all you know, Canada, there's all these places. But then there's also different like departments beneath that. Like there's the SEC, you got like the DOJ, you got the Treasury Department, you got a bunch of different things like that. And then they don't always have the same rules or whatever that they enforce on each other. Hopefully, I mean in an ideal world, according to them at least, they would all work in concert, but they don't always and then it's about what about the individual administrations? Like, what happens if, let's just say, take a, a, like, Italy, right? Italy just had that new prime minister who's a little bit of a firebrand and is definitely Mm -hmm. kind of anti a lot of this, like, stuff that the EU kind of stands for, I guess. And so what if they decide to, first off, leave the EU? I mean, that's always on the table. But what Mm -hmm. if they decide to just, we're not going to enforce this kind of stuff? Now that, like, that stuff will be different. What happens if there's you know, a new administration in the US and then all of a sudden the SEC starts playing a different tune because there's like a a different uh, you know, administration, different set of laws and stuff. And that kind of brings me to the story from a few weeks ago about Coinbase. The way Coinbase is mobilizing their entire user base politically now. They basically put a little thing on their app where it tells you who your representatives or people voting for or running for office are in your area and shows their positions on crypto and then shows you how to get involved to vote. And that's like hundreds of millions of people that now have that. It's a very bold move. It's just like Walmart deciding to put in a little thing about like right to work laws that allow you to not leave a to leave a union if you want to. For example, it's seeing like that'd be a, a very aggressive move for a company, but Coinbase Ooh. is jumping in there. I think they're seeing this, the handwriting on the wall that the government, that the various government agencies around the world are starting to come at crypto in a very, I guess, ignorant and destructive way. And the only, you can't just, you can decentralize around them, but that sets the adoption of technology back decades. And it's better to just stop them as much as you can right now and allow the space to grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I missed probably the last sentence of.
0: Yeah. Did it was it a connection issue or did it you just zone out because I, I ramble too much?
1: It was a connection issue. Okay. I didn't zone out. I know that I look like I zone out, but I yeah, no. I didn't. I'm paying attention.
0: No, it's just that I I have that that like bedtime voice of like you know let me read you a story, children. Blah 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 blah. The NPR type that just puts people to sleep. Um, I even forgot what I said. Let's uh let's not even care. Let's move on. So okay. On the same subject, though. Same basic yeah. subject. You regulators ban cross-border payments from Russian crypto accounts. In a statement on October 6th, regulators in the European Union banned all crypto asset wallets, accounts, and custody services from Russia. Um, this is fun. So, um, I don't know if they know this, but crypto can't go to Russia. Like, it's not in Russia. It's... On the respective blockchain, and like who accesses it from are they a Russian? Are they in Russia? Who knows? Definitely the crypto blockchain itself doesn't know. And so, again, like, what is he going to do? Like, Edge Wallet puts in the thing says, Warning if you're trying to send to a Russian, this is banned and you will be caught, maybe, possibly. So, don't do that. And then you just go send to a Russian anyway. And it's like,
1: I mean, I think it really, like, the only people who it stops are, um, you know, central or what, uh, sorry, custodial wallets, right? Like, people, but but I'm pretty sure that that sanction already existed. So, I don't really, and also VPNs, right? It's kind of like, yeah, I I mean, like, I, I don't like this at all because whether you're, I mean, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I get accused of being, like, Pro Russia all the time, but I'm not, I'm just like, pro human, right? So I'm like, I'm always trying to say things like, hey, maybe these sanctions are hurting people. And like, those people are not necessarily in favor of this war. And like, if we want to, you know, help the people in the Ukraine, why are we not equally concerned about helping the people in Russia? And it's like, yeah, I get why these sanctions are, you know, you, you don't want to help the Kremlin. Right. But like you, you have to realize that the, the bigger impact is going to be on the people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Especially when you have a conscription coming to Russia or already yeah. there and you have tons of people trying to flee the country because they just no one wants to fight i mean this happened in vietnam right in the u.s (laughs) before we try to pretend that the u.s is somehow way better than russia i mean maybe a little bit but still it's so people are fleeing the country what if like let's just say you have your you're a wealthy russian businessman living in the u.s you're a legal Mm -hmm. citizen you're whatever you have family back in russia and all of a sudden like your little cousin's are going to be conscripted and they can't Mm -hmm. get out of the country and you want to send them some of your crypto Mm -hmm. so they can go use that to get out of the country. And like, well, you can't send it to Russians. And the thing is what it, it, what it doesn't affect is you can still send it to them. What it does affect is people who are not crypto savvy. What are they going to do with it once they get it? Are they, how are they going to turn it into something they can actually use to get out of the country? Like, then when you start hit those like kyc elements of the infrastructure that's when it kind of hits in and just like well where'd you get this from it's like oh oops and that that's when it starts to hurt real people in my view
1: yeah no i mean like it's like the other law right like it kind of misses the point like also if and and i mean if they were able to effectively stop cross-border payments like Crypto's done. It's dead. Mm-hmm. It died. It, its purpose is defeated. We should all abandon it. Forget it. You know?
0: Yeah, I agree. If they can really stop that. And I think the reason they're able to kind of approximate that these days is because crypto's not widely adopted. And yeah. because, or especially as a payments method, I mean, you got you know, as an investment vehicle or speculative investment vehicle seems to be around, you know, a lot of places and as other things, but as a payments method, no. And so uh, because of that, you can relatively easily stop things that people do with the crypto. Like how do you like, because you got to sell it or something to get to actually turn it into something a lot of times. And so, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I kind of, it kind of brings back the nostalgia to the early Bitcoin days of, you know, not to start sounding like Roger Ver right now, but like Bitcoin used to work like this, but like back when people, everyone knew what it was for and they were trying to send it as remittance and then trying to go buy their coffee with it directly. And they weren't like all into this like web three D stuff. And like back when it was simple and people were kind of going towards that, I think that it's going to, because we never conquered that use case. We just sort of like, Played around with it as, as a community, I should say. A lot of individuals never left, but like as a gr- broader crypto community, we kind of played around with like, oh, look, decentralized money, I could send it anywhere, I could buy my coffee with it, and then just went, oh, ICO, oh, you know, DeFi, oh, NFTs, and just started going to these other things. And I feel like the NFT infrastructure, for example, DeFi and NFTs are so much more adopted and well developed as far as like the infrastructure is concerned. Than just the basic like two thousand nine Bitcoin payments use case. And mm-hmm. so at some point we gotta come back around and take care of that part. And then I don't know, I think that'll be in next few years, hopefully.
1: Maybe the next cycle.
0: Yeah, that's kind of my my top um. So I, I
1: by the way totally agree with you and Roger on this point. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people like Dislike him? I've always liked him. You know, like at yeah. least he's consistent, right? You know, like, I, like again, and what he's saying is not incorrect. It's just the media, the crypto media, like really rallied there. You know?
0: Yeah, that's definitely for uh, That's definitely true, and it's kind of funny how these cycles work because. All these coins got popular because of like, oh, better money. Is this one more private? Is this one faster and easier as payments? And, and then people kind of moved on, but the world is coming full circle to where, you know, the world is getting as bad as like the 20, 2009 to 2017 crypto world is, was selling the world as. And then, but the world wasn't as bad back then. But now the world is getting to there. And inflation is nuts. I mean I just can't believe that people with like a five six, seven percent interest rate on a mortgage are like getting free money long term because inflation is so horrible yeah. that over time like things are getting crazy. people are getting censored it's it's nuts and it's just starting and I think that we're gonna start to see that come back and all of a sudden people are gonna be dusting off their old papers be like whoa, What's this? What's this Zcash stuff? What's this Monero stuff? What's this Dash yeah, no, stuff? What's this Bitcoin Cash like? They're gonna start coming back to all that stuff.
1: I agree. I see a um, return to fundamental cypherpunk values, and uh, like I, I definitely see that. Mm-hmm. My computer is gonna die if I like just fall off. I didn't Yes. Just leave you. How much like, we got? Die.
0: <laughs> like three minutes? Two minutes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's let's just wrap this thing up then. Um, let me scroll back down to here. So as is tradition with this kind of thing, um, uh, some people pointed out that it's kind of like a proof of work thing. So I sell NFTs so people can jump into the super chat and be part of my Discord and all this other cool stuff. Uh, but pe- everyone who's on this show gets a special NFT that you can only get through proof of work. You have to be on here, contribute your work to this channel, and then you get of uh, a guest only NFT, so I'm officially presenting you, yay! With the little digital cash rundown, little commemorative oh NFT boy. thing. Fine, little spinny golden microphone because you know, like Rush Limbaugh style. <laughs> For those who remember back in the day, the golden microphone. Um, but yeah, so um, I issued those right now on Wax and Polygon.
1: Okay. So yeah. you want me to send you my polygon? Wh- Whichever one
0: works. And then okay. you know, after the show, I'll, I'll get that to you. And then you can just, okay. it should have instructions on how to get into the discord. So next show I have, you can be in there in the peanut gallery, sending out uh super chats and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. So the, and,
1: and so the, you'll actually pay attention to
0: me and not ignore me. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen you in the regular chats otherwise, so you've been ignoring me, but that's a different, <laughs> that's a different story. I know how it works. Um, yeah. So thanks a ton for being on the show. Um, it was a good time. For yes. And I'm glad everything technically worked out today and I didn't, everything didn't die in a giant dump, dumpster fire. So please be oh, on I again think. at some point, everyone who's watching, don't forget to like comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff and watch out for next week. And oh, can I
1: show something really quick?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I have the yeah, sec well- on speed dial. so (laughs) So
1: i um so i work for a marketing and incubation and pr company Mm -hmm. that's my main job but i recently started i don't know if it it, probably nobody knows this but i started my career in cryptocurrency as a journalist and um, i recently started contributing to a new physical crypto magazine it's called crypto mag this is the edition that's on stands in the u.s right now um, but so it's distributed worldwide. Um there's like you know, of course there's ads and stuff, so if like, that's yeah. gonna bother you. I don't know. Don't buy it. But like there's Pure also am just kidding. So there's also, you know, a lot of you know people who write for this magazine who are involved with a variety of different cryptocurrencies and have a whole bunch of different perspectives and i do think that there's valuable information in here so if it's something that like you know isn't gonna make you too mad you can get it at barnes and noble and select like walmart's and 7 and
0: yeah i yeah. mean is it like universal in distribution like i'm gonna find it anywhere
1: Uh, So, in actually, so it's sold in, like, I don't live in a major hub, but I found it. I I found it. I I live, I'm not going to say where I live, but you know, I live somewhere away from most people. Coast, yeah, right. Um, So, and uh, and I did find it in uh, Walmart here.
0: Nice. So, you found it in Walmart? I'm not sure if I'll find it a Walmart here, but now that you mention it, I will look for. It. Is that issue? Does um, is there one of your articles in there?
1: There are, I think, three articles that I wrote. And in they have issue. your name on it. They have my name nice. on it. Nice.
0: Well, I mm-hmm. will, um, I will buy one if I can, and if well, so, if there's
1: a Barnes and Noble near yeah, you, yeah, there is. They will definitely have it.
0: It's right next door, so you know, I'm picking up something at Best Buy actually, which is right next door to the Barnes and Noble so so, go
1: to and
0: Noble. so I'll, I'll stop in maybe even tomorrow right. that'll be fun thanks.
1: that'd be awesome thanks John. yeah so
0: maybe i'll m- mint a little nft a spinny nft like 3d nft out of the thing and give it to you or something that'll be fun
1: that would be amazing
0: all <laughs> right well thanks so much for being on um let's do the proper send off before your your battery you know goes out where could people follow you
1: Oh yeah, okay, and so, your work, Obviously um,
0: CryptoMag, they can read it. Is there a site that people can see and then also like Twitter and stuff?
1: Sure, yeah. So CryptoMag.Finance is the website. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do a weekly magazine. It's called Crypto Weekly. I've written for there as well. Um, that's all online. That's not a physical copy and you don't have to pay anything, but you do have to subscribe. Um, and uh, that just means give them your email. Um, on Twitter, it's CryptoMagZ. Um that's what their handle is. My handle on Twitter is nerdgirl007 with no vowels.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, cool. Let me um this is what the the crypto magazine looks like right there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, go to Crypto Magda finance, follow it nerdgirl007 on Twitter. And I mean obviously I've been tweeting about this show, so if you follow my Twitter at the desert links, you'll see the stuff in there. So, yeah, well, thanks a whole bunch for being on. We'll have you on in the future, of course. And everyone, thanks for watching. Uh, hit up all the fun buttons, buy my NFT so I don't end up homeless at some point. And yeah, yeah um, have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.